The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Who will score the first touchdown in Super Bowl 56? There's like 20 options at Bet Regal. We only have four on Twitter. So we went with the Rams, Cooper Cup, and Cam Akers, or the Bengals, Joe Mixon, or Jamar Chase. I voted for Joe Mixon because I want to see the Bengals score first and make this a game, but I would like to see the Bengals score first. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It's their stadium, it's their turf, and it's their town. But today we got our mascot with us, Ricky the Iguana, making an appearance here in Southern California. Hello, Canada and Canadian sports fans around the world. Welcome to the RP Show, coming to you live from Super Bowl 56, and specifically the Westin LAX, Los Angeles International Airport. It's day three for us of Super Bowl week, and uh, it is your favorite daytime sports talk show, as I'm joined by our co-host and president of DuPont Media, Darren DuPont, here in our spacious environs. How are you doing today, Moose? Top of the world. I bet you are. Ready to talk sports? Oh, yeah. I've got so much to get to today, and as I said, to just specifically here in the warm-up, I don't want to spend too much time dilly-dallying around here. I will tell you that coming up on the program today are TSN's Farhan Lalji, who is in Los Angeles to cover the Super Bowl. ESPN Cincinnati's Mo Egger will be joining us live right here in our spacious environs, our set here at the Westin LAX. And our good friend Sage Alvarez will be joining us, podcaster, broadcaster extraordinaire from Southern California. He'll be with us. Uh, before we get to the quick six show topics, which we will actually know, Hit the horn, please, Director Jordan. Ring the bell. Number one, I've got written Super Bowl stuff, and then a whole bunch of notes. And listen, I got thoughts on the Brad Marchand thing from last night. I got thoughts on CFL Free Agency, obviously, and what's going on there. But Super Bowl stuff. I'm going to read you some entertainment stuff, yeah. some, some security stuff here, Darren. But as I looked at the game and the matchups and I'm watching the interviews, I kind of sat back and I'm going... At the end of the day, it's just a game. And what I mean by that is it's going to come down to who makes the least mistakes, who turns the ball over the least amount of times. It's still just a game. There's a lot of things around it. But now I get why Super Bowl week and its cousin, its mini cousin, Grey Cup week are so exciting because the week is not just about that. But for one, I'll tell my story, then you can tell some stories of yours yesterday. The staff here at the Westin LAX. And for those that just tuned in, 
the Super Bowl volunteer headquarters is right in behind down this hallway. So there's people going left and right all day long. And uh, for one, what, what's Sean do? He's like the head maintenance tech guy. Tech maintenance guy that yeah, wears a suit. engineer maybe. He's the only engineer I've ever seen that wears a suit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And he just goes, you guys fit in real well here. I kind of get the sense like he thought we should stay. Right. Maybe you have a permanent yeah, yeah, residency yeah. here at the West and LAX. I don't know. How about that? Be awesome. And then we, and then as we were going off the elevator and leaving the hotel yesterday, I got yanked into this Cincinnati news conference room, Bengals mania, and they're like, "We watch your show, Mo Eggers coming on the show tomorrow, right?" And I'm like, "How did you know that? How do you know who I am?" And she said, "I know everything. She's throwing lanyards around my neck, passes, and do this, do that." And then we went to the airport to greet the Bengals. Over to you, Moose. Oh my gosh! So we've been—we were invited by the NFL, as other media were too, uh, for the Bengals' arrival, and there was going to be no chance for interviews, just photos. But th- that was all the details. Didn't tell you where they were going to be, what was going on. So we went to the airport, nice and early, and we're we're repping around arrivals. We're like, well, okay, well they're not going to be coming in the main terminals. Where are they going to be coming in? So drop me off. I'll go find out. Well, he drops me off at Singapore Air. I did. Am I going to find any information in Singapore? So I start walking. Goes from Singapore to Japan Air to the Emirates Air. I'm like, none of these people can help me. So I keep working around. Both information kiosks have nobody working at them. Anyways, rip out my phone. And within five minutes, I learned that the uh, most popular airport for private and chartered flights in L.A. is Van Nuys Airport, not LAX. We're at the wrong airport. I asked you for the time, not how to build the watch. Crazy. <laughs> we went to you the got wrong somewhere airport. to be. Wait, no. Yeah, I got a lot to cover here. Were you not listening? Uh, we went to the wrong airport. Then we spent all afternoon trying to find the set of Cobra Kai and where the Cobra Kai dojo is, and discovered that it's filmed in Atlanta. Pum pum. <laughs> is this on? <laughs> is anybody listening? Oh no. Our super week coverage is exclusively presented by PCL Construction. The flexibility to mobilize the right people to deliver unique construction solutions and unwavering focus on delivering value to your business bottom line and the capability to leverage innovation to meet emerging challenges and keep you at the fore. This is PCL powered by our culture of ownership. So as I mentioned at the end of the day, it is just a game. The Bengals and the Rams are going through their game prep, but all the other stuff people have written in and said, What parties are you guys going to? What exciting things are you going to do? Can I just tell you that I'm tiptoeing through the tulips? I'm easing my way into this. The old me went to things like this, jumped face first, head first in, and we all knew how that worked out. I was flamed out by Wednesday. Right. So chill. We got a lot of days left here at Super Bowl week. We'll get to it when we get to it. So as far as those parties go, Don't you hate when notifications come up on your laptop and you're trying to do a show? Shaquille O'Neal is returning to the city where he helped the Lakers win three straight championships. This time, Shaq, who moonlights as DJ Diesel, will host his carnival-themed Shaq's Funhouse on Friday night. And you were looking at tickets for this, right, Moose? Yeah. Ahead of Super Bowl this weekend. His upcoming event, which features performances by Lil Wayne, 
Zed and Diplo will be held in person after it was held virtually last year. Shaq said he wants to bring Funhouse back with a splash. It'll take place at the spacious Shrine Auditorium and Expo Hall, where several attractions will be built, including a human claw machine, Ferris wheel, and 80-foot slide. What are tickets worth for this? You looked into it, right? Yeah, I think they're like $750 minimum. Ahead. They might even be more than that. Yeesh. I know. Um, yeah. Some of the other events, John Mayer will have a more intimate setting. At Sirius XM and Pandora's Small Stage Series, the Grammy winner will headline the concert at the Hollywood Palladium tonight. The concert will be hosted by Andy Cohen. Uh, once the NFL Honors wraps up on Thursday night, Google it, NFL Honors. It's a thing. Many will flow right into an exclusive and star-studded after-party highlighted by a performance from Usher. That's Thursday night. Uh, the eight-time Grammy winner, Usher, will hit the BET Network stage inside SoFi Stadium. Many of the guests, Hollywood celebrities, NFL Hall of Famers, and team owners, will have an early look at the site of Super Bowl 56. Halsey and Machine Gun Kelly will co-headline co the first night of the Bud Light Super Bowl Music Fest tomorrow night. The three-night festival will celebrate its third year of existence at newly named Crypto.com Arena, formerly Staples Center. The follow-up night includes performances by Blake Shelton, Gwen Stefani, and Mickey Guyton. Am I saying Guyton right? I, Spelled G-U-Y-T-O. Apparently, Mickey yeah. Guyton's a big deal because Mickey's singing the national anthem before Sunday's game. That's right. So you knew that? Big deal. Green Day and Miley Cyrus will close out the festival on Saturday night. I could go on and on and on. Saturday night, Meek Mill, along with Diplo and Gunna, will perform at the Big Game Weekend Edition. The Chainsmokers and Lil Baby will kick off the first night of the DirecTV Maxim Party on Friday. The following night, Saturday, will feature Tiesto with 50 Cent as host. <laughs> so what are you thinking? I know. You going to hit any of those? It's a lot. And that doesn't even mention some of the events that we're going to go to, including Mike Ditkin, Ron Jaworski's Cigars with a Stars Party Thursday night. That's like literally the only thing on my docket right now. This is overwhelming stuff. That's man. just the entertainment. That wasn't even the, like, the charity parties. That's not the parties, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and here's another turn. There are no known security threats to the Super Bowl, authorities said Tuesday, as they outlined the coordinated law enforcement effort to keep the game at SoFi Stadium and this whole region safe. Fans attending the game can expect an enormous police presence at the stadium, which will have a tightly monitored security perimeter. Meanwhile, patrol officers, tactical teams, canine units, and paramedics will be deployed across Los Angeles County in the run-up to the NFL championship game. So you're wondering why we couldn't get close enough to take a photo the other night. Right. It's like it is locked down. So I said to the gal, the security guard at the gate, I said, so how can I... She's like, you can't get in here to take a photo. And I said, okay, well, where can I go to take a photo? She goes, well, what you're going to do is immediately turn around. Remember that? She was not... <laughs> having yeah. it. She wasn't having it. So that's kind of... There's Super Bowl stuff. There's... Ten minutes of Super Bowl. How, how about that? How about that? <clears throat> Moving on to point two, it didn't take Kyle Walters long to move on from Kenny Lawler. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers GM confirmed Tuesday the club had signed veteran American receiver Greg Ellingson to a one-year deal. Ottawa Red Blacks kicked off CFL free agency Monday night, signing veteran quarterback Jeremiah Masoli. I'm going to run through a quick recap of what went down. BC Line signed veteran Canadian kicker Sean White. They also added Luches Purifoy, Delvin Bro, Michael O'Connor, Stephen Richardson, David Menard, Matthew Betts. 
Edmonton made 11 moves besides signing uh, Kenny Lawler. They signed Ed Ganey, Dion Lacey, Matt Henry, the former Ryder D-tackle. The Tiger Cats re-signed Canadian defensive tackle Ted Laurent, American defensive backs Richard Leonard and Jamal Roll. Uh, Micah Johnson's headed to Hamilton. Rough Riders signing linebackers Darnell Sankey and Derek Moncrief. Offensive lineman Josiah St. John as well. The Argos signed defensive lineman Jagera Davis. He was with the Ticats last year, and they also signed Andrew Harris, Canadian running back. I will just say this about the CFL thing, and I know I did have people writing in and saying, you know, are you going to cover the CFL free agency? I'm not a fan of what's happened in CFL free agency. I went over it yesterday. By the way, it's 11-11 in the motherland, Darren. All your dreams are coming true. The breakthrough is here. If you're awake. So... I was fiddling with the notion of doing a poll question. Are you in favor of CFL one-year contracts? Because I had people writing me yesterday on the clip that we had on how I don't like the one-year deal. You fan Teams want the fans to become attached to the players, but they're only there for a year. It's virtually impossible. You almost can't build a brand in that time. But people are coming to me, fans, and saying, well, I like them because teams can have a quick turnaround and it creates parity in the league. And what I'm saying is... I'm not saying I'm right. I'm telling you what I think. You're more than free to like one-year contracts in the CFL. Is it okay that I don't like them? Because I think it's kind of silly to turn on the TV and, oh, there's the same face, but every year he's in a different color. I don't think it's good for the CFL. As a matter of fact, I think it's potentially disastrous for the Canadian Football League. You yeah. on what's going on in the last 24 hours? Yeah, we've hours? been over this a lot. I mean, we're, yes. we're not fans of it just because it's not great for long-term success of the league but you know you'll want i understand the quick turnaround ottawa is going to turn this around really quick they're going to and edmonton they're going to be they're both going to be good next year so i mean that's awesome but there's something about sticking with a team through a series of bad years and it makes the winning that much better and then you really invest when they start winning it's uh it's not a 30 for 30 documentary but it's probably a long-form essay topic at go to threedownnation.com if they were to write something on this and say where did the loyalty go? Here's the title. Where'd the loyalty go? But if the fans don't care, why would I care? Go! NHL Tuesday night. Starting their backup goalie against his old club turned out to be a pretty good move for the Vegas Golden Knights. Goalie Laurent Brassois made 28 saves for his third career shutout, and the Golden Knights won their third in a row, blanking the Oilers 4 nothing. I watched it. Oilers have lost two of their last three. In Winnipeg, Connor Hellebuck was feeling pretty good after accomplishing something no other goalie has done against the Minnesota Wild this season. He made 27 saves, and the Jets shut out the Wild 2-0. It was the first time that he'd been shut out, halted the club's six-game win streak and 10-game point run. In Vancouver, J.T. Miller marked a major milestone in his spectacular fashion Tuesday, notching a goal and a helper as the Canucks beat the Coyotes 5-1. For J.T. Miller was his 400th career point. Y'all want to talk about what happened in Boston. Sidney Crosby scored his 499th career regular season goal as the Pittsburgh Penguins rallied from a two-goal deficit and beat the Bruins 4-2 Tuesday night. Boston winger Brad Marchand likely looking at his eighth career suspension and second this season. Marchand received a match penalty with 25 seconds to play after throwing a punch at Jari's head and then poking the goalie's mask with his stick as the linesman was escorting him away from the fray. Marshawn sat for three games for slew-footing a Vancouver player in late November. Um, if I'm sitting here, 
five to seven game suspension is what I would like to see. But if you watch the show regularly, you know I'm I'm tapped out on NHL discipline. I have no idea what's a penalty anymore. Right. You punch the goalie in the face and then you stuck him in the mask. 20 years ago, that was uh, Monday. So I don't know. Kick him out of the league. It's Brad Marchand. Are we surprised? I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's seven. I wouldn't be surprised if it's one. Maybe it's nothing. That's a match. Did he hurt him? I don't think he hurt him. Does that matter anymore? Yeah, it matters. For sure it does. Does it? Absolutely. Okay. I, it, I, I, the I severity of the injury didn't used to matter. To be honest, it's a, I think it should be minimum 10 game for Brad. Yeah, Marchand. I said five to seven. He popped him right here, which if you watch you know, UFC, Buck, that's a knockout spot. Yeah. You know, the glass jaw they talk about, right? And if he knocks him out, it's a, he's probably done the rest of the year. Probably minimum 25 games, right? But he doesn't knock him out. Just give, but, he, but you can't blindside punch a goalie like that. I think minimum 10 games. What a the secondary poll question. How many games should Brad Marchand get for stroking Tristan Jury, the Pittsburgh goalie, last night? I say five to seven. He says 10. What say you? Our actual poll question for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center today is a fun prop bet from our friends at Bet Regal. Who will have more passing yards in the Super Bowl? Matthew Stafford of the Rams or Joe Burrow of the Cincinnati Bengals? And Joe Burrow is leading the way with 52% of the vote. 52% of you say Joe Burrow of the Bengals. And another fun prop bet, or poll question actually, not a prop bet, is do you agree with CFL one-year contracts? We'll put that to our next guest. Moose, I'll see you a little later. You bet. Our next guest is Farhan Lalji. He'll have thoughts on all of these things. We'll return in a moment. You're watching the RP Show live from Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles. Our Super Bowl week coverage is brought to you by PCL Construction. You're watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. It's the NFL experience. That's downtown LA Convention Center. And a little later on, we'll be getting a tour of Radio Row, but that's not where we are. We're broadcasting live from the Westin LAX Los Angeles Airport Hotel. Our coverage of Super Week is, of course, brought to you by PCL Construction Limited. On the way, Mo Egger from ESPN 1530 Cincinnati. He'll be joining us right here at the Westin. And if he doesn't mind me saying, Farhan Lalji, I hope he doesn't mind me saying, he was supposed to be with us today, but he was unable to join us live uh, he is joining us virtually here. Uh, Farhan's here to cover the Super Bowl. Man, if you wouldn't mind, good day. Thanks for the time, Farhan. Uh, can you tell the folks how your Super Bowl week has gone? Well, it's not been ideal, my good friend. Uh, I flew in on Sunday night. I uh, started experiencing a couple of flu-like symptoms. And in the morning, I tested positive on Monday for COVID. So uh, not ideal. So for the next five days, I'm going to be in my hotel room. Uh, you know, I don't have any symptoms now. I, you know, it. it the aches or whatever dissipated right away, but uh, there's obviously protocols and policies, both corporately and, and government-wise. So for five days, I'm quarantining here in the hotel in Marina Del Rey. And as you can see, the view behind me, like, I, I can't even go poolside, my friend. I'm, I'm here in the room. This view is as good as it gets. So I, I apologize for not being completely well lit because the sun's behind me, but I just, I wanted to be outside to at least not give your viewers the feel that I was completely hauled up in a hotel room with just beds behind me. 
At least you have a balcony, and I, I appreciate it. Welcome to the yeah. old club, by the way, because I had the Omicron uh, as well. Unfortunately, got over it well ahead of Super Bowl. But listen, you're a veteran of many Super Bowls. The one I distinctly remember following your coverage was Tampa Bay, Arizona, Pittsburgh. But again, you're a veteran of a lot of these. This is my first. I'm a little overwhelmed already. And like Reinbold said, it, it's just getting started. It's insane, Farhan. Well, it is insane, but it's not nearly as insane as it's been in the past, right? And, you know, before COVID, when the teams were down here from really from Tuesday onwards, and in some cases Monday as well, you had the media night festivities and everything else that went with it. I mean, it's it's scaled back, right? I mean, last year I didn't get a chance to cover it because your travel was just at a standstill. And even in the stadium, there was only uh, 25% capacity or whatever the number was. So, um it's great that it's kind of slowly coming back. There is an event on Friday night that we're welcome to attend. I'm not sure if I'll take the chance to attend that yet, but um, yeah, it's it's good. There'll be a full crowd, and we're slowly coming out of this. But uh, Super Bowl is in the past. It it uh, it can turn into quite the quite the um, week long event. You know, there's the the Playboy party, the Maxim party, ESPN has a party. Everybody's got something. Everybody who is somebody has something. So next year, I am confident there will be a Rod Peterson party down at Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, DuPont, uh, I don't know if he's listening or not. He's already planning it. Yeah, you're right. I, I got Arizona will be the place that I just can't see us not going to this every year. But let me ask you this. Yeah. You're a football guy, football first, I believe. And I was just doing a little reading this morning, and I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, this is just a football game. Or is it just a football game? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's still going to come down to who wins the turnover battle, who makes the least amount of mistakes. Does that get lost at all? Well, it, it does, right? And I think you're right. It is a football game. But ultimately, you know, you're you're going to see who can create the thought that it's just a football game when the ball gets kicked off, right? Which quarterback can kind of stay in that moment, to coin a cliche, and which coach doesn't feel they need to do too much or, or just, you know, isn't up for the task, right? I mean, when you look at what happened four years ago when Sean McVay was in this game, he got completely outcoached by Bill Belichick. Now, that's not necessarily a crime, but... He just didn't stay within what he did throughout the course of the season, right? Just decisions that were made in those moments weren't there. And, you know, in some cases, he just got really, really conservative. Part of that was the fact that he had Jared Goff at quarterback. But the other part was I think he was a little bit afraid of the moment. And he talked about learning a lot since that time. Zach Taylor's going to have to go through that now. I don't think the moment is going to phase a guy like Joe Burrow, right? Just the way he has performed and, and carried himself all year is Joe Cool. I don't think the moment's going to get too big for him. I saw what he did in the national championship firsthand two years ago when he played for LSU. Whereas you got a guy like Matt Stafford, you know, he hasn't necessarily had these moments during his NFL time, right? I mean, he, you know, played in state title games in high school at Texas Stadium and big games in Georgia. But when you're in Detroit, you don't have that. And now you're 34 and you finally get to be here. Do you try to do too much? Because you're finally getting this moment, right? So there's all of those variables um, to, you know, if you can find a way to pretend that this is just another football game or treat it like it's just another football game, you've got more chance to succeed. For sure. I mean, I mean, I know that it's not just another game. It's the breaks, the commercial breaks are four minutes as opposed to 90 seconds, half times a half an hour versus 16. Sure. And I could tell stories from Grey Cups past. I just remember Ken Austin all year long, Farhan, in 2007, like at the week one, Labor Day playoff, I kept saying, is this a special moment? He's like, Rod, it's just a game. It's just a game. Blah, blah, blah. We get to the Grey Cup in Toronto, Skydome. You're probably there. And I'm interviewing Ken for the pregame. Let me guess, Ken, it's just a game, right? And he's like, no, Rod, it's a championship. 
we count these things. You know what I mean? So it is a little different. <laughs> That's Kent for you. The, uh, the CFL fans, by the way, are all over me. They want your comments on CFL free agency. By the way, Arlen Bruce III is watching and says, Farhan could definitely be a CFL head coach or CFL general manager. Facts. Great guy. That's from Farhan. I thought I would just pass that along. Arlen or, is uh, a great from guy. Yeah. Thank you, Arlen. Patrolman Pete's. He's in Winnipeg. Patrolman Pete says, Farhan, congratulations on breaking the news about Andrew Harris. It sounds like there was friction between the Bombers and Harris, which may have scuttled a deal. Do you know what came about between the two sides? Yeah, you know, I think there was a level of friction, and I think it started last year, right? I mean, when uh, you had a number of veteran players that didn't necessarily prepare the same way for the year, Andrew was one of them, who's notoriously... You know, it, it takes him a while to kind of get in shape during most seasons. And, and he was admittedly distracted going into last year. A lot of things going on in his personal life. And, and that carried over into the regular season. And that led to some of his injuries, at least as far as the team believes. And I mean, I don't think he would dispute that as far as the first injury is concerned. So I think there was a bit of lingering frustration that came from that. And now if you're Mike O'Shea, you got this running back who, yes, he's an icon in Winnipeg. But you know, he's going to be 35 next season, and you've got two young guys waiting in the wings. And how do you know that, that Andrew's going to be the guy you need him to be for 18 games? And, you know, at one point they actually asked Andrew to go work out for them, right? And, and I think he got a little insulted. And, and just generally there was that friction between the club. He felt that he had done a lot for this club, and I think he felt a level of disrespect. And um, I think a lot of people feel this whole thing could have been handled differently, but ultimately – uh, this is a good thing for Andrew Harris. You know, the downside is he doesn't get to play in, in his hometown and he doesn't get to play in front of that offensive line that's just the best in the league by far. But I watched Andrew Harris go through this in 2015. I mean, if you had seen him play, and you did, you, you watched him play in 2015 in BC behind an average offensive line and maybe wasn't as motivated and he was not good and he was just emotionally not good and it was not good for the team. And then all of a sudden he gets a chance to go to Winnipeg and he feels like he's this guy that has a chip on his shoulder and something to prove. That's the best of Andrew Harris. So Andrew Harris has actually been training for the last few weeks. Usually he doesn't get started until March. Um, he is hungry. He is motivated. And if he needs that level of motivation to show what he can do for one more year, even if it is his last year, it's probably a good thing for him. You know, some, some have said to me, this is, you know, they've given Andrew Harris a gift and um, they probably have on some levels. He seems like a really great guy, and he's obviously a surefire Hall of Famer. I'm not sure I've met him personally, but I've sure loved watching him play. Janice in Edmonton, yeah. she's a Stamps fan, says, question for Farhan, where does he think Banks will end up, or will he retire? I, I noticed that he, we didn't see his name on day one of free agency landing anywhere. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's the thing, right, is that Banks talked about not playing a year ago. Now, many players felt that way, right, that they weren't going to play during COVID, but um, with with all those restrictions. But, you know, he kind of made it sound like uh, he was, at that moment, you know, considering retirement. But when you saw the statement and things that he made when the, when he decided to part ways and the Ticats decided to part ways with him, you certainly get the impression that he wants to play again, even though he's going to be 34. Um, and, and teams are going to try to find a way to get him at a discount, right? I mean, I think that Brandon Banks still has value in the league, but he's not a number one anymore. Probably not a number two in most situations, right? So. Does he go in as a number three? What does he get paid as a number three? If you're Brandon Banks and you think that Kenny Lawler and has reset the receiver market, no, no. He's set the high end of the receiver market. I don't think he's reset day two of the receiver market. So whether you're Banks or even a guy like B.J. Cunningham, you know, teams are going to find value for you, but you're not going to get big money to play. So he's got to decide, do I want to play for 
105 or 110,000 because that's probably what the market is going to dictate that he winds up getting at this point. So I think Calgary's a good potential landing spot for a guy like Brandon Banks. I think um, I think there's still room in Ottawa to add one more playmaker at a low number. BC added Daniel Peterman, but I, I think BC would probably like an experienced depth receiver that, you know, you could say, look, you're going to be our scratch in most games. You'll get paid full salary. But if anything happens to Whitehead Burnham or, you know, Katoy or Rhymes, we're going to find a way to put you into the lineup. I think there's a lot of teams looking for that. And whether you're uh, Cunningham or Banks or Ricky Collins, um, you know, I, I think there's some of those guys that are going to fit that bill and whether or not they want to come into that role, that's something they're going to have to decide. I, I have to ask you your take on the one-year contracts because I've been on record for a couple of years now saying I don't like them. It was a concession the owners made for the players because the players want them. I don't think it's good for the CFL. I don't like this merry-go-round one-year-with-a-team type deal. But that's just me. Some people said it creates parity, and you can do a very quick rebuild with this. Where are you on the one-year contracts in the CFL? Yeah, you know, I, I don't like it, right? I, I do think a certain level of continuity is, is good for the league. Now, a couple of things. There was a ton of interest yesterday, Rod, and there's been a ton of interest for the last week or so about what was going to happen, and there is some buzz that gets created by that level of movement. So, But at the same time, I, you know, I do get what people are saying, and really this is going to come down to the owners. The owners need to give. The league needs to give. And, and by that, I mean you have to guarantee a certain portion of year two and three in a contract if you want this to get fixed. The owners want their cake and they want to eat it too. And, you know, I get that, but why would you do it if you're a player? Like, you're not morally obligated to do this. If the owners are just wanting to go back to the way it was, that that's what's good for the league. The owners have to give in a percentage of second and third years on a contract. Maybe it's, um, you know, 30% of the second year salary and 10, or 10 to 15% of the third year salary so that you've got to buy the guy out if you want to completely move on from the deal, right? At least this way you could say, okay, we could renegotiate, and that 30% or 15% is built into that deal. They've got to do that because otherwise what incentive do the players have, right? And here's the other thing. Really look at it and find out how many key players are moved, okay? Andrew Harris moved, and that was that the result of a one-year contract? Is that, was that the result of a team deciding to move on from an older player? Like generally, the best players get kept. You know, Duke Williams eventually got kept for Saskatchewan, right? They were able to add a few pieces. Most of the best players around the league, the players teams really want. You know, you'll get to a point at the end of Grey Cup where there's a huge list where three-quarters of your team's a free agent. But GMs chip away at it. They chip away at it. They chip away at it. And by the time we get to February 7th or 8th or whatever the magic day is, most of the guys they truly want and the fans truly identify with get kept. So look at it from that perspective. It's not just as simple as saying the entire league is turning over because they're not. We've got 60 seconds. I think we have questions from fans from every CFL team, but I'll just leave it with the Lions and nice Lions colors, by the way, Farhan. They want to know what you think about the Canadian No, no, this is salmon. This is salmon. It's not orange. It's just bad lighting. Okay, right, sure. Nathan Rourke and Michael O'Connor. Uh, what are they? What are they doing out there? Are they going to go with Canadian quarterbacks to start? Yeah, that's the plan, right? They can get the ratio that way. They can control their costs that way. I think Nathan Works is going to be a great quarterback in this league. They have faith in him, and yeah, it's easy to say he barely had any game experience, but understand that for more than half the year, he got every first team rep in practice because of Riley's elbow, and they thought that Work may have to play. So they loved what he did in those settings. Uh, they, you know, loved his preparation level and his professionalism. This guy's a big time kid. 
Um, and I think he's going to be very good in this league, and it's great that he's actually getting a legitimate opportunity here. I do get nervous the fact that they've got no safety net. They're jumping out of a plane without a parachute here. I think Michael O'Connor will be good, but it is a tough situation to have a kid backed up by a kid and have that little quarterbacking experience in the room. Ultimately, Trevor Harris wasn't comfortable with the role uh, that they were looking at with him when they were talking about him as the backup, so they gave it to O'Connor. So, again, big on Rourke. Concerned about the situation, but I get why they're doing it. Farhan, I appreciate the time. I will tell you that I enjoy every time you come on the television. I enjoy what you have to say. I appreciate the time here today, and uh, get well soon, my man. Hope to see you by the end of the week. Thanks, pal. Sorry we couldn't do it in person, but next time. You bet. TSN's Farhan Lalji joining us from Marina Del Rey. Great George Strait song. We said goodbye in Marina Del Rey. On the way, Mo Egger from ESPN 1530 Cincinnati, our good friend Sage Alvarez. I just want to tell you that my Tough Tribe has made the road trip to Los Angeles. If you're liking the flow, that's why. Tough Tribe for Men contains aloe vera, botanicals, and antioxidants, traditionally known for their scalp and hair benefits. We are part of the clean beauty industry. Welcome to Clean Beauty for Men, available today at toughtribeformen.com. That's the number four, toughtribeformen.com. And Amazon Canada. We'll be right back to Super Bowl 56 in a moment. You are watching on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. The home of the Los Angeles Kings, Lakers and Clippers, Crypto.com Arena. Just across the street is the NFL Experience. We are broadcasting live from the Western LAX Los Angeles International Airport Hotel. Super week coverage brought to you by PCL Construction right here. Want to tell you folks to get your tickets now, please, for the Telemiracle 5050 online raffle. It's live now. It's a wonderful Saskatchewan tradition. We Help each other out. This is Telemiracle 46. All the raffle proceeds from the 5050 online will be staying in Saskatchewan. It'll be part of Telemiracle 46, supporting the work of the Kinsman Foundation. They help people every day improve their quality of life and independence through gifts of mobility equipment and medical travel assistance. All you got to do is be 19 years of age or over, be physically in Saskatchewan, and you can buy away. Telemiracle.com. We got ours. Got the running. Hey. And kudos to everybody who purchased in the last 24 hours. The total moose, if we can bring the moose in, we're going higher. The draw date is going to be March 2nd. I could sit here, Darren, and read off sports updates and stats and blah, blah, blah. But I don't want to do that. Mm. I want to tell stories. We're on the road. Right. We're all set to go. Tell us when. I don't even know where to start. Um, although I will say this. It's a big city. Sage Alvarez was supposed to be here right now. Sage Alvarez, I'll tell you who he is when he shows up. And he's caught in traffic. He's not going to be here till later. These live shows, when you have a live guest in a big city, is quite the moving target. Right. You know? So I appreciate yeah. you just kind of floating around <laughs> and doing your thing. What have you been up to the you last You kind of have to, Drinking right? coffee? Yeah, floating around, doing my thing. It's pretty good. L.A.'s a good place to do that. If this, I mean, Calgary there's, is, is good. You know, when I'm at home doing the show, there's not really a lot of room to float around. I mean, there's no. not much going on. But Well, you know, 
th- this is the thing. Um, I want to tell some folks how we do business because everybody asks you. You you're out on the front lines more now than I am now you're doing what i used to do in terms of you're doing the rush broadcast you're right. doing the whl they're saying how does rod do this how does rod have all these friends everywhere how does rod make friends yeah well you're going to see from sage alvarez who's going to be with us today and very long tomorrow joining us here live from coach of coachella valley live their show um here's the thing i was the very first cfl guy to go on that xfl mark cast with reed johnson and crew first guy and then from there, I got hooked up with Sage. Then I got hooked up with Barry. It was all that U.S. thing. Right. Because I was the first guy to say, yeah, I'll go on the XFL show because most of the Canadians wouldn't do it. Piss on the XFL. Right? Why? Why can't we work together? I, I still don't understand how that all or why it went down, but it is what it is. I think we've, I'd like to think we've all moved on. But I stayed close friends with those guys. And now to the point that we're in L.A., they're coming on the show. And then I said to Barry, hey, Barry, we're not on Radio Row, but would you mind getting us into Radio Row? That would be cool. Donna, I said, where is it? He said, it's NFL Experience Convention Center, which I drove by the other day. You went right in there. Yeah. Well, I've always kind of wanted to see Super Bowl Radio Row. I never really wanted to be on it because if it's anything like Grey Cup Radio Row, it is kind of like a cattle pen. Not the wonderful thing that TSN Radio set us up with. That's, that's different. TSN Radio, really, when I was hosting the one on the local radio show, they included us with theirs, and that was nice. It was all desks like this, da-da-da-da-da. But for a CFL Awards Night and stuff, you were in a pen, and you felt like cattle. And you weren't out, be able, to, able to go out and experience anything because you were in a pen. Right. And that's what I feel like Radio Robot Super Bowl is like, but I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it's the same thing. You know, and even when, you know, you consume some of the content, there's a million things going on in behind. I mean, essentially, it's a giant trade show, right? Everybody's got their own booth. It's, it's a giant trade show. So be loud. It'll be a lot going on. We'll see a lot of cool people. We'll be down there. But it'll be zing, 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 zing. You know, stars being escorted from one to the next. And they're just literally like a trade show going from booth to booth to booth to booth to booth to booth to booth, to booth doing five-minute interviews on a clock. Right? Mr. Sanders? Well, last question. Time to go. Well, and that's Kurt Warner was making the rounds today. The last player, from what I have been led to believe, to win the NFL MVP in a season and the Super Bowl in the same year. That seems hard for me to believe, but I guess he was. Okay. He was the last guy in yeah. 1999. And he's promoting TiVo. Like he does his analysis of the game. Yeah. And then, hey, Kurt, what are you promoting today? And he's like, TiVo. Instead of sitting there go, surf, going through endless streaming services to find that movie that you're looking for at night, just get TiVo, and it's right there, blah, 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 right? And then move on to the next interview. They're all promoting something. Right. That's what allows them to be there. The companies pay for the stars to go, and they get paid, and then they go on Radio Row, and then they promote that product on a bunch of different radio stations and media outlets, and they don't have to pay for these great guests. Yeah. So, I, you know, I'm sure that there's as much angst and toxicity in the NFL than there is in Canadian sports leagues, but I just don't see it. I mean, so far what I've seen is people are just happy and smiling all the time to be working in the NFL and be in Los Angeles. Everybody just, everything just seems so positive. That's what they say around here. Everybody's happy in this right. city. I know it's busy and I know it's go, go, go. And I know it's the movie business and all of that and Hollywood and, you know, entertainment and music and everything. But 
you know, my Uber driver says, no, no, everybody's happy here. They don't like us because we're always happy. Nobody's stressed. It's, yeah. You know, and how could you be? I mean, even in the traffic, it's hard to be upset. Everybody in South Florida is happy too, by the way, just so you know. And Arizona. It must be a sun thing. Yeah. What's the common denominator? The sun. Um, the poll question today for Capital Auto Mall Universal Collision Center has to do with the Super Bowl. And it is, who will have more passing yards in Super Bowl 56? Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford or Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow? It's a tough one to predict, obviously. 53% on Twitter saying that it'll be the Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow. And the last I looked on YouTube, it was the exact opposite. Darren, why don't you tell our viewers, because you're a little more averse to this than me. Not averse. Versed in the, in the betting portion. Not that it's that hard, but the Bet Regal Prop Challenge is live now. What's the best way for people to go about playing the Bet Regal Prop Challenge and uh, winning some money with the RP Show and our exclusive betting partner, BetRegal.ca? Yeah, hit up the uh, the link. Well, we've got it posted in the YouTube comments, and it's posted on our social media. Um, hit the link. Um, it works really well on your phone, and uh, you can play along. It's free to enter. Just pop, pop in your name and your email address, and boom, you start making your picks, yes or no over under right and and it's it's real easy to play so so play and get your picks in and every pick you you get right you're going to get some uh free prizes to play around with on bet Reed. yeah it's basically multiple choice it's fun what color is the gatorade going to be on the winning coach how long is the anthem going to be over or under it's it's a lot of fun so go play it right now and thank you clark for putting up the link couple comments here as we move into taco time viewer takeover david asplin watching in winnipeg says bengals win by seven i can't see it and that would be the upset of all upsets but i'm not going to say you're wrong until around 6 p.m pacific on sunday uh to uh, patrolman pete is watching in winnipeg where is it he goes is there a current list of rosters I've lost track of which quarterbacks have signed where. And if that, that might be the taco time comment of the week. Where's my bell? Listen, you guys can sit. It's fine. I don't want to argue anymore. I don't like one-year contracts. I think it's hokey and a joke that every year you turn on your TV and the, your favorite quarterback's playing for somebody else. I don't like it. And if you want to like it, that's fine too. But to sit here and straighten out who's playing where, that's not my job. But we'll get into this more next uh, segment with Taco Time viewer takeover. Mo Egger coming up next hour from ESPN Cincinnati. That's going to be fun. Hey, Mo, which terminal are the Bengals uh, landing at? Gets back to me an hour later. Um, I don't know, but I'll find out. They just landed, Mo. They missed Clearly it. Clearly, I'm plugged in. <laughs> Mo, speaking of relationships, right? Mm-hmm. A guy that we could have fought with didn't. And now Turned into are. great friends, and now here we are. Kumbaya. You're watching the RP Show from the Westin LAX, brought to you by PCL Construction on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. sunny day in socal as it always is it's wednesday 
of Super Bowl week, Super Bowl 56. We're broadcasting live from the Westin LAX Los Angeles Airport Hotel. Our Super Week coverage is brought to you by PCL Construction. Sad news to pass along from the hockey world. The Regina Pass Hockey Club and the Western Hockey League are deeply saddened to learn of the passing of former Pats forward Brad Horning. Brad passed away Tuesday evening at the age of 52 following a brief but courageous battle with cancer. Joining Brad with love and support in his final moments were his mother Terry, sister Leanne, and family friend and former coach Doug Sauter. Uh, Brad, a Regina product, played two seasons with the Pats from 1985 to 1987. On March 1st, 1987, Brad's playing career came to a premature end when he suffered a severe spinal cord injury following an on-ice collision, rendering him a quadriplegic. I was there that night at that game. My dad was working for the Pats at that time. It was a tough time then. It's a tough time now. Brad Horning passing at the age of 52. Uh, he's been a good friend for a long time. And um, prayers to the uh, Horning family. Condolences to them, obviously. May God give them strength. Just a very tough time for the Pats family and the Horning family. And uh, Brad leaves us at the age of 52. Tough go. Well, we are uh, continuing our Super Bowl coverage. And I'll tell you what, as the moose is here, like a tornado coming off the escalator is Mo Egger. Like, if you turn the mics up and just turn the camera, you would, Mo, he's a tornado. He's a, I should have known. I know. You, you would know. I mean, he, I think he's doing a radio hit or something because he's pacing back and forth and like up a t- and down. Like a Bengal. I'm going to be on Rod Peterson coming up in about 20 minutes. <laughs> like. Oh. Oh, he's on. Okay, Clark says he's on his own show, I think, right now, or he's on his. St- I appreciate Mo Egger fitting us in i think this might be another god shot here that everything is going to fall in line timing wise mo will be with us for 20 minutes and then say Alvarez will be with us for 20 minutes and then you'll be with us for 20 minutes forget timing it falls in line that you have this thing with mo egger on social media it turns into a guest appearance on the show and then cincinnati gets to the super bowl <laughs> last minute last minute of play of hour one I'm not joking, and as Moe's very graciously said, the RP show, Game Plus Network, airs all through Cincinnati on Buckeye Cable. Uh, Columbus, Cleveland, Cincinnati, we're on in all those towns. There would be no other reason on earth ever for the two of you to be in the same room than if Joe Burrow miraculously brought the Cincinnati Bengals to L.A. in the Super Bowl. It's the only reason you guys would ever be in the same room. We're not going to Cincinnati. As you said, there are no... uh, there are no coincidences. So we'll be heading down to Radio Row later on today. we got a lot of exciting things on the go. Moose, I'll see you back in about 40 minutes' time. What do you say? If there's room for me. Okay. Okay. We're brought to you by PCL, our Super Week coverage. We'll be right back for Hour 2 after this break here on Game Plus Television. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.